I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I am Eric. And I'm Dennis. Dennis Halnan is with us, one of the employee owners. Uh, Tab Computer Systems helps me out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. And we have on the line the famous Wes Bryan from IT Pro TV. You there, Wes? I am. Good morning, gentlemen. Ah, good morning, sir. Happy to have you again as our regular visit uh, to talk about how folks like you can get people trained up and to join folks like us. Yeah, because sure, we need them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we've talked a little bit before you came on the show, Wes, about the fact that the White House is now warning people about potential cyber attacks. Um, they put their Shields Up program out there to say, hey, guys, get your Shields Up. And I thought, you know what? You know, Wes does a great job with Security Plus and other types of uh, training courses um, that I thought maybe we'd want to chat a little bit about security and how you could talk more business. I know our, the focus of our show is more for the end users, but what we do as a daily job is protect small businesses from, from, uh, from Microsoft, frankly. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and there's so many tools out there that we need to put in place to, to do that. And, uh, we thought we'd have you on to talk about it. Like, you know, talking about zero trust. I mean, that's the big buzzword lately in security, zero trust. And, and we thought maybe we'd start there. Do you have any input or feeling on that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's something that we really should have uh, developed, you know, a long time ago, you know, because we have that traditional what's called uh, east to west traffic, you know, the traffic that's uh, behind our perimeter defenses. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, I look at something like Active Directory. If I log on to the domain, typically I'm usually behind your perimeter firewall and uh, I should be able to, you know, have that single sign on uh, to all of the resources within that domain. But even, you know, taking Microsoft out of the picture, you know. Uh, we've done, you know, we've typically trusted, you know, inside of our networks mm -hmm. and the north to south traffic, as they call it, you know, the traffic that's coming to and from uh, our perimeter firewalls. And that's usually where we implement the security, the strict security. Well, the zero trust model uh, really is um, a, a model that doesn't say anymore, trust but verify, right? That, that was always it. It was trust but verify. Now we say don't trust and verify often, right? right? Uh, and uh, there's three major principles uh, behind uh, zero trust. Uh, they say they talk about verify explicit, uh, explicitly, uh, use the principle of least access, again, mm -hmm. You could also say the principle of least privilege uh, and then assume breach. Always assume 
you are under a breach. Uh, so when we say verify explicitly, always authenticate uh, at any point that somebody's going to access your resources and then reauthenticate if you have to mm-hmm. using the principle of least access, if you will, or the principle of least privilege, uh, only give your users uh, exactly what they need to do their job. Um, and then finally, you know, assuming the breach is just uh, you, you, you common, you, you always have to try to minimize your attack surface Make sure that you're segmenting access. Make sure that to get into the network, there's multiple stages of authentication. And then once a trusted or authorized person is within those those uh, those walls, uh, continue to authenticate. Right. Now, we, we come across, even in our base, you know, people who have got the quote-unquote power user who has been given admin rights to the network as a standard user, right? So those guys don't even realize they're just a – a time bomb waiting to explode when their account gets breached. Oh, that's just oh, frightening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's what they're, and that's what, you know, a lot of the threat actors are looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're looking for some kind of privileged access. And uh, when you give, when you don't use that principle of least privilege, Hey, let's, you know, again, it goes back to that, that, that thought process of uh, convenience and security, right? Yep. You can't have both of them. It's a fine balance in security, right? We want people to be able to have that third principle of, uh, security availability, right? They talk about right. a confidentiality, integrity, and availability, but availability means that authorized users have access to the resources that they're supposed to have access. Uh, but sometimes we we get a little bit lackadaisical, and we're just like, okay, well, we'll give a little bit more access so we can reduce some of the help tech uh, help tickets. Uh, but unfortunately, that's not a good risk mitigation strategy, and uh, it right. can get us into trouble. Now, zero trust also even goes to the software, right? So, like QuickBooks, right? You're running QuickBooks in your network. If the QuickBooks software has access to the QuickBooks program, the, the database that's sitting on the server. But guess what? It has access to everything on the network, right? Sure. And so sure. zero trust Absolutely. needs to also apply to your software where these programs have no other reason to look at any other type of software besides the thing they're supposed to be looking at. And so zero trust has to be applied now across the board where when you bring up a Word document, it should only have access to Word documents. It, you know, th- This stuff needs to be siloed more. It really does, and uh, that can get us into you know into trouble today as well too, because you know long gone are the days that we had that waterfall approach, and and you know we're doing CI/CD today where it's continuous integration, continuous development, mm-hmm. and uh, or deployment if you will, and, and the thing is uh, we we need to make sure that we're scrubbing code right, we, we're not putting in API keys or or it doesn't even have to be an API key, we're not putting secrets in our code all right because if somebody's out on the wire sniffing this information and uh, let's say just randomly it has it, it, it's some kind of restful API that has whatever the, the API key within the um, uh, you know within whatever the request or the call is or you push it up to github and now it's in you know it's in the public uh, the this is where a lot of people a lot of companies uh, run the risk of just exposing their information right now EDR MDR you want to chat a little bit about what those are they're absolutely. not they're not antivirus oh, absolutely. antivirus no, has not. nothing to do with it and that's the thing, uh, you know, for small business owners, they need to realize that antivirus, you know, it's a, a traditional antivirus. If we think about it, it's a standalone application. And a lot of times what it does is it has a very basic purpose serving a single function, uh, a single set of functionalities, right? It yeah. monitors a set of directories, typically predefined, system directories, application directories, files. A lot of times when we say files, it's more 
uh, more often than not, the extensions, right? And it maintains a local database of signatures and definitions, right? But the thing that we don't get with the uh, antivirus is the fact we don't get the centralized administration, right? And in a company, it doesn't even matter if it's a small business and certainly in an enterprise-level business, right? We, it's very decentralized, right? We don't get the remote monitoring. We don't get remote detection. We don't get remote media remediation, right? And we really need to be able to ease the burden of the admins instead of relying on the end user for the response Right where end you know endpoint detection and response comes into play, uh, right? They give you give you two scenarios, right? First scenario, right? We've just got traditional antivirus. We have local monitoring only. The user's got to respond to the alerts. We need to report the issue to IT. Ticket submission, device acquisition, uh, you know, quarantine, remediation, return, and then we get the investigation. Mm-hmm. Or we could do something like use EDR solutions where we have remote management capabilities on all devices across the company's entire digital footprint. Mm -hmm. And we also get other things, too, like real-time monitoring, detection, you know, uh, quarantine and remediation. That's the response part, you know. Uh, incident uh, reporting, comprehensive data logging and collection that you can integrate with analytic tools to do, you know, uh, post-remediation, the lessons learned, right, investigations. We can do things like centralized policy-based administration, much like you would get in an active directory environment, but it's, you know, it it extends beyond the perimeters of our networks. Mm -hmm. And then you get the thing, you know, other benefits like integrations with other, uh, you know, security tools, like, for instance, being able to have a dashboard that has the MITRE CVE and CBSSs and threat feeds and maps, if you will, um, having the ability to integrate like BPA, generically BPA, uh, you know, solutions like best practice and analyzers, right? What's right. the industry doing? And that's the so snag here. So, you know, you know, and EDR, that's where it comes into play. Right. So where does MDR come into play? Well, we have to think of a day and age where small businesses might not have uh, the you know so we've we've identified the benefits generically of EDR right, right. Uh, centralized security administration over the entire digital endpoints you know um, we get faster response and mitigation right. but with M- MDR what we get is we get some of the things that you you have to you uh, not having to do what you do with EDR solutions right with an EDR solution you know the business still manages and maintains the software has to train and staff the people uh, your team needs to do the monitoring the management the maintenance of the whole entire uh, EDR ecosystem and this can increase cost and time you know, to have proper staffing. Well, with managed detection and response, it can help you resolve some of these issues, right? A business can just pay a subscription uh, Mm -hmm. and a third party manages uh, most, if not all the aspects, you know, that I've mentioned with EDR, potentially reducing the cost, reducing the infrastructure, the time to staff and train, licensing. And, you know, with small businesses having a, you know, or even startups that, you know, have really a limited set of funds, this could be a viable, uh, you know, alternative. And also, you know, if you think back to like the risk, uh, risk response strategies, right, mitigation, we talk about, right, well, the EDR uh, solutions, the company, uh, you know, assumes all the risk. Uh, well, you could do a transference, right? And I'm sure there's an SLA that's involved in it uh, where you can actually, you know, transfer some of that risk mitigation off to a third party and the company can go to market and focus on the things that the company is trying to provide, you know, as a service or whatever, a technology, a software, right. and they can 
can focus on the things that really, really matter to making their business profitable. And the key is that Wes is bringing up here, the MDR really being that it's a managed tool. The the third party can actually shut down servers, shut down NICs, stop the actual lateral movement, whereas EDR is more of a uh, passive response. It's managed differently by the, by, by the third party. So the active management of an MDR is really key. And, and these days, they're not, they're not that expensive, and technologies are required. If you're in aerospace manufacturing, if you're in defense manufacturing, if you're a sub dealing with you know, Pratt & Whitney, Lockheed Martin, electric boat like we have here, uh, Sikorsky, you need to have these technologies in place as a sub um, mm-hmm. to build your part. You know, even if you're stamping a, I don't know, a spring that goes into a howitzer for all you know. The thing is, it goes into a howitzer and the Chinese can't have access to it. So you need to actually put these MDR technologies in place to protect your business. Um, so and, and that's one of the, you know, uh, another good thing about, you know, the MDR versus the EDR, right? right. Uh, EDR can give you the best practice analysis type software, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, with MDR, they can give you compliance auditing and reports uh, that, you know, that can be turned over to whoever the authority, the regulatory body is right. uh, on behalf of the customer, uh, which isn't uncommon in any many of your cloud-based services. Like, for instance, Microsoft or Azure has the Service Trust Portal, you know, because we can't just go in and audit an Azure data center. We just can't go right. in and audit an AWS center. But with you have, when you have these managed service providers, they can provide these uh, documentations attestation that can, you know, certify compliance under some of these standards that you're mentioning. So, Wes, we're going to take a quick break. Can we have you back after the break and talk a little bit about how yeah, IT absolutely. Pro TV? Absolutely. I would love to keep talking with you all. All right. So we're going to step off for a quick break, get back with more with Wes Bryan. We'll be right back. And we are back. Wes Bryan's on the line. You there, Wes? I am. All Thank right. you. So, so you just heard Wes describe EDR, Zero Trust, MDR, and security, right? And we're talking about the White House putting up a warning. Hey, put your shields up because the bad guys are coming after us. They've been coming after us forever, but now with the war in Russia and Ukraine, Russians are going to come after us even harder. Um, so for, for Wes, you guys are IT Pro TV. You guys can get people trained up so that they can understand this and, of course, lose all the sleep that we're losing because we know how unprotected we are. Um, but if you go ahead and train with Security Plus right through IT Pro TV, they can, people can understand this and then join the minions of geeks that we need. Uh, to Absolutely. You know, if you do that, there's a there's a problem. You're going to have to ha- take some stock in tinfoil. Right. Uh, for sure. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, because the amazing amounts of, of, of ways people try to get in our systems is, is just incalculable. You talk about threat surface. I mean, it's oh, sure. it's porous. It's like a it's like a sieve out there. And uh, there's just so many ways people are getting in. And most of the ways they're getting in is by simply asking, hey, can I have your password? And we're like, OK. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know, well, you guys have been doing this. I mean, since 1995, you guys have been around. You've seen it long. This has long been going on, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's just with uh, media today being saying, and again, this is not a dig against the media, but we have so much media out there. We can really find out about these things a lot quicker than we could. Right. And then to the average end user, if you've got a little bit of shock title in it, you know, and, and not necessarily clickbait, people say, oh my gosh, this is might be the first time they're ever hearing about it. But, um, you know, hey, it's been going on for a long time. And one of the things that we haven't really talked about, and I really need to mention, you know, yeah. for any business is backups. 
Yes. I know you all have mentioned backups. I know you've got some out there, the offsite backup solutions that, again, you can go through a third party and just you don't have to maintain. You don't have to worry about what, what's your tape rotation method. Right. Uh, you know, uh, you, you can you can just offload that to somebody and make sure you're implementing the three two one backup rule that we always talk about, right? Mm-hmm. Three backups, two different medias, one offsite. Um, because that's one of the things, you know, we talk about the shields up, right? You yeah. know, uh, so SISA, you know, has it up on their website. Uh, one of the best things you can do is have air-gapped backups today. And when I say air-gapped, you know, Eric, I'm talking not even connected to a computer system. Right. Uh, I have in my laptop bag right now, I, I have a backup of my information because if I go into the IT Pro TV studios in the morning and I need to teach, not nearly severe as what a company would have to deal with, not even close. But I want to be able to, if I come across something, I want to be able to restore quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, how much more important, just just light years more important, and it doesn't really even compare, right? Light years more important is it to a business that when they come in in the morning and they notice something like this, that they can have that RPO, that RTO just minimized and, you know, uh, just continue to have the business continuity. And some of the stuff that we teach, you know, in Security Plus at IT Pro TV, and we go well beyond that. Well beyond, we've got, like, for instance, Daniel Lowry. He is one of the uh, uh, edutainers at IT Pro TV, and he goes into the more advanced stuff, the Pen Test Plus, the SISA Plus, which is more of the cybersecurity analyst. Mm-hmm. We have Adam Gordon that goes even beyond that, all the way up to the CISSP certification. So uh, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter, you know, where your level, and not talking down to anybody, if you don't like the level you're at, you can raise the bar, and we give you the uh, tools to do it. Right, literally level up, upgrade. Yes, and uh, you can do it. And these guys do a great job. I've enjoyed the courses that we've taken with them, and we put a link up over at computertalkwithtab.com. You get a discount to go through us, and uh, if you want to get into IT, if you want to improve your skills, these guys can kind of give you a great way to. to you just got to do it. You got to you got to tell yourself you're going to do it, and you got to get in there. And these guys give you a great way to do it at your speed. With people who know what they're talking about. Uh, that's why we have Wes on to kind of explain to you what's out there. You can learn this stuff, guys. You can. We need you. Uh, well, consider yeah, it. You know, I would. Like I a, was going to say, Eric. I was on a drive-through line saying, "Hey, welcome to this place. We're going to take your order." Right. That's 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 my background before I got into IT training. So I would encourage people. You so, know, if it's something you like, follow it and don't stop until you're successful. Very good. So, Wes, we've enjoyed having you as usual. We'll have you on again in May, talk about some other technology topic of the day. Maybe we'll figure out how to get you over on our Facebook live broadcast, too. That's a little bit of a technical challenge without looping the sound around, but we'll figure that out, too. How about that? Absolutely. Hey, I got a local stream deck as well, so uh, I'll have to talk to you guys in the background. Maybe we we can uh, work up some method to the madness. Sounds good. Thank you again, Wes. We'll we'll talk to you in May. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. IT Pro TV, Wes Bryan. Um, showing you how you can become trained up and get in the business. You understand the concepts. You can understand Wes. He's not speaking Greek. I mean, it might be a little Greek, but that's why you learn it. Right. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I am Eric. And I'm Dennis. And we're going to be here till 11 o'clock, and then Dr. Alessi will be in with Healthy Rounds. He'll give you a second opinion on your health advice. But let's get to your calls. You're nice enough to join us on this gorgeous Saturday morning. Let's go to Tom in Springfield. What's going on, Tom? Tom, you there? Uh-oh. 
Tom, I hear you. I like you're driving. I hear it nice, soft, like almost like I'm listening to a seashell. Tom, you there? <laughs> <laughs> Tom going once. Tom going twice. All right, no Tom. Um, that is what it is. Uh, we'll put him back on hold and maybe he'll realize we picked him up. So what we were going to talk about with Tom is he's got a new phone. And he wants to figure out how to back up his pictures. And uh, depending on what phone he talked about, uh, you could just use the backup technology built into the f- previous phone. Like if you're using an Android-based phone, your your system and data is backed up to the Google Cloud. Whether you like to, it's usually a checkbox, but it's usually there by default that it's yes. going up to the cloud, right, Dennis? Or if you have an, an Apple, it's going to go up to the iCloud, right? Is that what it's called? Yes. Yeah, automatically. And um, so that's a good thing, right? If you lose your phone or you lose, you don't want to, you have a, an ability to have a backup. A backup, as we say, is always good. When it's not, though, there's a time when it's not good. In the case of a crypto guy who had 650,000 fake dollars stolen from his crypto wallet, and they did it by acting like they were from Apple. So the bad guy uh, is calling this this poor victim. This is on CNET. You can read the article. It's pretty pretty amazing and pretty simple. Really, all he did was create up a... uh, you know, caller ID, you can you can go ahead and buy a phone number and put on your caller ID that you're from anywhere you want to be. Apple, say whatever you want. Call the guy and said, hey, this is Apple. We're noticing a lot of suspicious activity on your phone. Can you give us the, the, the six-digit code that we just sent to your phone? Right? Right. And what it was was the bad guy was changing his password. Right. It was a password reset request that they initiated. Right. So it kicked out the text to the phone. Yeah. They follow up with the phone call to ask what the code is. And then the guy, of course, says, here's the code. And now the bad guy has access to your off-site backup in the cloud at, I, at the iCloud. Now, this is bad news if you happen to understand how your your wallet works. Your crypto wallet works with a 12-word seed uh, phrase of some kind. And this is something the crypto wallet people say you're supposed to keep completely protected um, and secure. You should not let anyone else have it. According to what I've heard, it should just be on paper somewhere. Right. But of course, this app that this was being used, MetaMac, what's it called? Yeah, MetaMask app that does that manage the wallet backed up dutifully to the cloud. Well, the bad guy is like, I'm going to go ahead and get his backup and take the, the 12 phrases and get access to the account. And he did. Wiped the guy out. So this is we talk about this with the fappening where the naked nudies were out there by all the all the stars. They thought they were taking pictures that were only on their phones. Of course, they're being backed up to the cloud. And the bad guys didn't have to hack the encrypted phone. They simply had to hack the iCloud account. So number one, if you get a call from any company out of the blue, it's not the company. They're never going to call you. Frankly, they don't care about you. <laughs> they're, no, they're they never going to call you. So don't don't assume any call from anybody is legit. Um, and number two, if you do think you have a problem, you can call them, but don't call anything you're getting from a link or a text or anything like that. You go find out the number for the company and call the company. Yeah, you don't use the number that was dialed to reach you. You go on the website and right. look for their phone number. We all need to turn into cynical SOBs because you can't trust anybody anymore. I'm sorry, you can't. You can trust Zero your trust. Zero trust. Zero trust is, is the way to go. Exactly. Assume, Seriously. Assume breach. All right, now let's go back to Tom. See if he's there. What's happening, Tom? Hi, guys. Um, sorry about that, whatever happened before. That's okay. Um, I, I have a question. My uh, my wife got a new N200 phone. We yeah. got it at T-Mobile. And uh, she uses it. She takes pictures with it and then uploads them to our computer. We have Windows 10. 
And with her old phone, when she plugged it in with the pictures, the pictures would come up. She could see all the pictures on the screen. And with this new N200 phone, what happens is when she plugs it in, they they upload to the computer. But all it shows is the squares of the pictures, and it shows, you know, with a little scenery on it. And the pictures are actually in there, but she doesn't always want to upload, uh, import all of them, so she wants to see the pictures. But it's not showing the pictures like the old phone does. Right. It's showing a th- what's called a thumbnail and a broken thumbnail at that. Yes. Um, so what you have to do, I think what you have to do in this case, is tell the phone that you want it to be configured as a drive. You have to go to the properties of the phone and set the USB interface yeah, while it's plugged in, what you do is swipe down from the top, and it should give you a little dialog that's one of the notifications that says you are connected by USB to a computer. What do you want to do? Tap that notification and then tell it you want it to be, it might say uh, use file transfer mm-hmm. or uh, just or just grant file access. It depends on the language of the phone. Right. But it's, that's yeah. what it will be. It's kind of a security feature, I think, as they're, they're saying by default. We're not going to let you just connect your phone to the computer without without you taking action to say this is okay kind of thing and setting it up that way. So that's that's probably what you're dealing with. Okay. Is All that, right. That sounds good. Don't, one other quick question before I let you go. Yeah. On that N200 phone, okay, um, every time, you know, you take pictures and go to upload them, it's, uh, you have to tap on uh, USB or something. And then it makes you go back, it brings up the screen, and you have to tap on uh, allow the transfer. It keeps going back to not allowing the transfer of the, of the data. And I called the people that make the phone, and they said they couldn't answer it for me. They didn't know why I couldn't set it so that it's always accept the data or, or you know, transfer the data. It always goes back to do not transfer data, and you got to keep tapping that. Every time you every time you import pictures, hmm, sounds That's interesting. Sounds like a feature. We're looking it up. Yeah, yeah. And the guy said something about security or something, um, but I don't know. <laughs> uh, it just seems like a kind of a dumb way to do it. Make you have to go back in and and, and transfer that and then change that setting all the time. Every time you plug it in, it makes it go back and set allow transfer instead of do not transfer data. Um, I'm reading the manual for that phone. <laughs> it's called R- yeah. RTFM. Read the and, manual. <laughs> and you're not going to like the answer that I'm going to give you, but this is what it okay. is. Uh, it is configured specifically to cut off access each time you disconnect. It is also automatically set to uh, turn off that feature after 10 minutes of inactivity if it's still plugged in. Okay. They are they are securing that connection. Okay. And it looks like it's by design. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we just got to keep doing that every time. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. Okay. Hey, I appreciate it. We'll take any more of your time, guys. Thanks for the help. No, our pleasure. Thanks for calling. Okay. All Bye-bye. Right. Bye. Yeah. So, again, all this stuff is becoming for your own good, I guess. Well, it, honestly... It's probably for the best. Yeah. I, mean, I know it's a pain in the neck. You got to keep swiping and enabling and rid, 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 every time. But yeah, do you really want to just plug it in and then your your computer just grabs everything on the phone and stays that way? 
what if uh, what if your computer got compromised somehow, mm-hmm. and a bad guy can get that stuff? Or the other way around, they could compromise your phone, mm-hmm. and because whenever you plug your f- phone into the computer, you're automatically shifting everything over, then they could use that to get into your computer. I, yeah. I mean, the, the possibilities the havoc, are endless. The, <laughs> the havoc that can be unleashed, right, is just too too much. Yeah. It's a security feature. It's, read the flipping manual. So when in doubt, that's what we always say it's in our business is RTFM, read the flipping manual, uh, or use whatever expletive you, you wish to use. Um, and uh, basically the key here is that you, you know some of this stuff is just designed that way, and it's, it is what it is. Um, before we go to a break, did you want to bring up that whole USB thing and uh, oh, yeah. what, the, this, what the EU this, is doing? This is something that that is a bugaboo of mine for, I don't know, since I was little. Uh, you know, every everything electronic has its own particular cable um, that connects to other stuff. And there are just too many special proprietary cables out there. Well, uh, the, the uh, European Parliament is mm. about to pass a law to mandate the use of USB-C connections. This is the EU, right? This These are the guys the EU, in EU, yes. In the Netherlands, is that what they Well, are? Yeah, yeah, they're based there. Yeah, okay. yeah in uh, Yeah. Anyway, yeah. They they are uh mandating the use of the USB-C connector right for all smartphones and tablets. So, if you are in Europe, you you have one connector for right. everything. Right. And if you go from being like an iPhone owner to an Android owner, yeah, you don't need to buy a new cable. You okay. just use the same one. Right. So they're almost and, saying that they should make an electrical outlet look a specific way. Right. We, we have the, the version in America and we have the version in, the, in Europe. They're saying for, for these, we're going to use a USB-C as our standard. Right. And that's... That's the way things should be because there should be one standard for plugging stuff in. What you don't want like don't fifteen want, outlets on your on a you, p- panel there? You plug in a big USB or USB C or you whatever it is or or the Apple whatever it's called Fire what is Lightning it? Lightning or whatever. You don't yeah. want all those all those options. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. <laughs> and part of the part of the problem too is that if you have one standard that yeah. everybody is manufacturing for, mm-hmm. the quality of that goes up because they're not. You don't have factories producing 10 different cables. Right. They're producing one kind of cable. Yeah. And they can do that well. Mm-hmm. And right. And you don't have the problem where people's lightning cables from third parties were setting phones on fire, which yeah. happened a few years ago. Yeah. Good point. So it's just better for everybody. It's better for the industry. It's better for the consumer. Mm-hmm. The problem is the, the the manufacturers don't have the opportunity to gouge you for extra cables that you shouldn't need right. because their their products use something special. Good point. And too bad. Yeah. I, I, I'm having a hard time You've always been very serious about this issue. Yeah. You've always get fired up about standardization. I, on standardization on parts. Yep. And I'm all for right to repair. And it it all comes together because you're able to do your own repairs. You're able to work with your own equipment Mm -hmm. and you don't have to depend on proprietary standards. You don't have to depend on somebody to fix it for you. Sounds good to me, Dennis. We're going to step out for a quick break to your calls. Four lines wide open. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back. 
All right, we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. Four lines wide open. Feel free to get online before top of the hour if you want to get a question in or, or a comment or a concern or any of those things. 860-522-WTIC is the number. But as we wait for your calls, Dennis has a uh, an article you want to bring up. Yeah, this is a uh, bug in some Android phones. And Android's the Android biggest platform the on the biggest planet. Android is the biggest platform so some, on the planet. Some is a big number, probably. Yeah. And this affects Androids that are based on Qualcomm or MediaTek chipsets. Okay. Uh, now, you probably, as an owner of a phone, you may not know right. what chipset you're using, but I know that companies like Samsung mm-hmm. are big buyers of Qualcomm CPUs. Okay. So if you have a Samsung Galaxy phone, yep. you have a very good chance of having a Qualcomm CPU in there. And this possible issue. And you could be affected by this flaw. Mm-hmm. It's a flaw that's embedded in the uh, what's called the ALAC, or Apple Lossless Audio Codec, hmm. for sound files, some okay. kinds of sound files. Yeah. Now, it and if you get this audio file, that would trigger the exploit. Now... Oh, if you, problem, get, if you actually receive an actual audio file, yes. they're going to leverage the file to get at your to system. Get that, to get at the phone. Interesting. Yes. Now, uh, the funny thing is Apple has kept up to date with uh, decoders for this. They release security vulnerability patches. Good. And they've been doing that for a long time. But Qualcomm and MediaTek both have been using an open source oh, decoder. Geez. Man, if we had a nickel for that, that we'd be believe it or not. According to this article, yeah, has not been updated since 2011. Oh my goodness! It is 11 year old software. <laughs> and so this it can is why be, we talk, it can be used to bug your phone. Yeah, we talk about you know how we can't sleep, right? I mean, I can't sleep. It, this is the issue. Yeah, I mean, it's the issue. It's open source software that's not getting updated, right? And it's companies that are big enough. I mean, Qualcomm can write their own AOAC decoder if they want and keep it up to date. Now, the vulnerability is pretty major, right? So we talked about being vulnerable, but what is the vulnerability? Is it access? It's access to the phone. It's access to the phone. It can actually monitor what the phone is doing, listen to calls. Listen to calls. I believe so. So it's it's on the actual sound side of things. You're not... I see commandeer, and I start start thinking access to the phone in general because lots of people have gotten used to phone banking on their phone, doing all sorts of financial uh, work on their phone. How much access could be gained by falling victim to a file? Is there well, it it can it can trigger a vulnerability that allows it to get data outside the limits of the allocated memory. Okay. So if you have a malicious code that's an app that's running on the phone, right. that app can then get memory from other apps. Like passwords. Like, like it includes passwords like that. that get moved around. Right. It also can, I assume, it can mean getting the audio from a phone call that's underway. Right, which might be a security issue for all sorts of folks. Right. And possibly the texts that are coming in in SMS. Right. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it seems to be a pretty deep... Um, right, so now the bad guys know this and the good guys know this. Now, who's going to fix this? We have to wait for somebody to okay, patch this. Okay, and this, this is because it's the Android world. Yes. You have to wait until your carrier gets that update and, fix it. and then 
releases it. So we have to wait until Qualcomm or MediaTek fix the problem. Right. In the first on the, place. On the 11 year old Then software. you have to wait for Verizon or T Mobile or ATT to get that update out to you. Right. So in the meantime, avoid audio files coming at you in different yeah, ways. Don't, don't open an audio file in, uh, in an Android. Is it a text audio? Is it an email? It's an it ALAC. Be- uh, ALAC. Yeah, it'll be in. Yeah. So is yeah. that how would you get an audio audio file like that? Sorry to ask you so many questions. Well, somebody, but it is kind of somebody could somebody could get one from a website. Gotcha. You could get a message from somebody saying, "Hey, you got to listen to this." There it is. And then you and then, then you click somebody it voluntarily. Will, you'll click it and you'll download it. And and the bad guys already know it's you because you've come to their website. They've asked you to correct. Come. They've gotten. They've gotten basic information about your phone, like your MAC address. Yeah. Before that audio file even loaded. Right. So, zero trust is what we're back to. (laughs) Absolutely. Zero trust. So, thank you guys for joining us on this lovely Saturday. We uh, hope you had a great uh, couple of hours with us. Hope it wasn't uh, too crazy with uh, Wes Bryan talking about EDR and Shields Up and MDR and, again, zero trust. Uh, but it's good to have this type of t- discussions these days because we really kind of got to get you to the next level um, when it comes to security. Um, I thank Mike G for posting everything live over at our Twitter and Facebook pages if Zuckerberg deems it worthy. Our Facebook broadcast froze, I don't know, about 10, 15 minutes ago. I think that's Zuckerberg giving us a hard time. Who knows why, why it happened, but it did freeze. Thank you, Carolyn, for uh, producing. Nice job as always. Stick around. We'll have Dr. Lessie up next. Anything else you want to say, Dennis? Remember, we want you to be geeks, too. See you guys next Saturday. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.